being an educated individual as part of today's world, the arts play really an integral uh, relationship. <laughs> Welcome to Arts Engines. I am your host, Aaron Dworkin. And with us today, we are pleased to have Tony Marie Montgomery, who serves as Dean of the Bienen School of Music at Northwestern University. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Tony Marie. Thank you, Aaron, for your kind invitation. Oh, thanks so much. So, you know, I figure I'll kind of just uh, delve right in. Uh, how are things at uh, Northwestern? And, you know, uh, how have you had to kind of respond to the impact of the pandemic? Uh, all good questions. Um, I'm really proud of our faculty in the Bean and School of Music who um, it was in March, two weeks actually before the start of spring break. We were on the quarter system and rather than the semester system. So there was an extra week that was added to uh, the spring break and faculty who some, you know, asked the question, what is Zoom? Um, are now regularly using Zoom. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that they just embrace the fact that, of course, we're all here for our students and making sure that we maintain the high level of education and training um, that we're known for. And so um, there are creative ways that uh, faculty are teaching with um, ensembles like chorus, um, obviously with the one-on-one -on -one instruction um, with applied music, but also with chamber music. So um, it's a new day, um, even for, I would say, our academic faculty in musicology and music theory, they also then are adjusting to the changes that Zoom um, provides. And thank goodness, that's what I would say, because I've been thinking many times for people my age, um, if this had happened, say, in the 1980s, even early 1990s, where would we be? Would we just simply be closed? So. Yeah. Um, People are adjusting, um, and most of our time now, as we end the spring quarter, which ends the first week of June, is uh, preparing for the fall and trying to look into a crystal ball saying, um, will we be able to return? What will those numbers be as far as, you know, the, the uh, Illinois, our governor saying, will it be 10 people who can gather together, 50,000? So um, making lots of plans A, B, C, D, probably all the way to Z. Absolutely, absolutely. So our, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, is you have these extraordinary, beautiful new facilities, right? And so uh, as you kind of look into just kind of the future and even getting a little bit away from the pandemic, could you kind of just speak to the importance of, you know, facility of the spaces in which we have our students in music, in the arts, learn um, and engage with one another. 
Thank you for uh, bringing up uh, what I call as my 12-year-old baby because uh, the building, of course, took that many years um, on, during my tenure, but I think about my predecessors in their time. Um, our facilities, we were separated into essentially like about three uh, separate buildings. And um, the fact of community for musicians, of course, is critical. Uh, being together, being able to work together to talk uh, to each other. and. Uh, our separation, our geographical separation really uh, prevented the type of community building that's necessary. Um, I would, I also say, and especially to our trustees at the university and our uh, two presidents, the current one and former, that the building represents really the excellence of the school, the faculty, our current students, but also all of our alums. So, we're now in a situation where we do have a building that reflects the excellence of the school. Um, I make the analogy many times, uh, the comparison with sciences. And so you wouldn't expect um, 21st century science majors then to use 19th century um, uh, microscopes and instruments. And so um, not only is it important to have, of course, the beauty that's really secondary. What was most important is uh, to be able to, uh, for students and faculty to, for, well, to practice, but also to teach in uh, spaces that were conducive um, where you didn't hear your neighbor, you know, next door playing the tuba. Um, and then also, of course, for the instruments. Um, we uh, spend a lot of money on, uh, on pianos, not only grand pianos, but also then uprights for all students who, of course, have to have a piano a keyboard uh, proficiency. So um, we're very fortunate. And, um, you know, I never will stop uh, thanking uh, those in power for contributing. Um, to having us, well, have, I think, one of the premier uh, institutions, uh, facilities in the United States. Absolutely, and you definitely do. Um, so, you know, the kind of show, right, even entitled kind of Arts Engines is going to this fabric of, you know, who's really, you know, the engine and serving as the engine of our field and of the arts industry. Um, as you look at is your role, you know, you've had this extraordinary tenure, almost 20 years, uh, you know, I think leading one of the top institutions. Um, what do you kind of see as either the primary or a couple of the primary roles that you have as kind of the leader of an academic institution? If you're, you know, speaking to all of those who either are or may be seeking to become uh, and take on a leadership role in, at an academic institution, what do you see as kind of that, the foremost responsibilities you have on a day-to-day -day basis? Wow. Um, well, I think that my training as a collaborative pianist at University of Michigan, our alma mater, um, really helped me and continues to help me in seeing the bigger picture. So I, um, I as a performer then, I have the score in front of me, almost like a conductor, but I'm actively then playing. If then the performer uh, with whom I'm playing, my duo partner, um, skips a measure or skips a beat, then it's my role to provide that support, to provide the harmonic uh, foundation for the individuals. And so I see my role as dean in providing that support uh, to our faculty primarily. Um, unfortunately, I don't have much interaction uh, with students because we have assistant deans, associate deans who handle that. But with faculty who come in 
they have a great idea. Um, but it's easy for me to pick up the phone or to make a connection with someone else on campus to provide some type of funding then for the individuals. You know, we have a um, relatively new initiative, the Institute for New Music. And that came as a result of actually conversations, discussions with students and faculty and administrators uh, in 2011. But it was actually a graduate student who said, no, we should focus on new music. And we have actually uh, spent a lot of time as a school then, not um, eschewing then uh, the foundation of classical music, but uh, saying this is an important aspect for training our students. And so the fact that the idea really initiated with a, a student um, for me means that we learn from so many different sources. And uh, I guess if I'm giving advice, I would say that individuals need to make sure that they continue learning. As you said, this is my 17th year here um, at Northwestern as Dean, but every day is a different day and I learn from the people with whom I work. Um, I'd say even you know, the individuals who are providing support, the custodians, you interact with these individuals and you learn. Uh, the importance of listening to is just really critical. Um, you, know, you shouldn't be the loudest or the only person who's then speaking in meetings. Um, so I see a lot, yes, I have a lot of meetings, but I also learn a lot um, from those interactions with individuals. I think communication is just really critical. We can't um, say whatever to make sure that your mission is then understood and also that people embrace that um, mission. It has to be part of them. So uh, listening is really important. Um, my last part of advice is really to be brave and to be strong. You know, these jobs, especially in administration, they're not popularity contests. And so, as you know, Erin, there are decisions that have to be made that uh, will negatively impact some part of the population. But as long as people, at least you've taken the time to explain to them why um, a decision was made, you know, in some cases, if it's dealing with personnel, you can't share. But I think that if you have that reputation of being honest and truthful, that people will say, well, there are many aspects to that decision that was made. And um, I trust, you know, X, that uh, he or she then um, is making the right decision. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, and you referenced, uh, you know, uh, your, uh, your time and being inspired as a performer, you know, we all have in the arts that moment as a child when somehow something happened, an instrument came into our hands and, and we realized this needed to be a significant part of our life. Um, for you, when did that happen? And, uh, you know, if I, if I read correctly, at some point that actually led to your mom being able to secure, save up and secure a Steinway, I think, for you early on. But what was your moment of initial passion that brought you connected to the piano and to music? That's a good question, Erin. Um, my mother, who was one of nine children growing up, she had always wanted to take lessons. This is in Savannah, Georgia. Um, they couldn't afford the 50 cent uh, lesson um, fee, 
And so um, I attribute her saying that I actually asked for the lessons. I think it was more she wanted something for her daughter um, that she wasn't able to um, have. So I started at the age of six uh, with piano lessons with the Catholic school nun. And I played, I can remember when I was nine, I was playing um, the organ for mass. I'm not a great organist, uh, believe me, you know, the pedals, I was just using the uh, keyboards. But I can't remember a time, even, you know, when I think about high school, where I didn't think I'm going into music. I didn't know specifically what that would be, but I couldn't imagine separating my love for music and uh, just the communication that I feel. It's a special form of communication um, that I can't get from moving papers, um, but just really with having some connections then with the audience and um, because I do chamber music, then having that interaction with um, other wonderful musicians. Awesome. So, you know, not only have you held these incredible leadership roles and especially at, you know, a leadership uh, institution such as Northwestern, um, but, uh, but the reality is, is that our field is not where I think we all would like it to be as it relates to diversity uh, in both gender as well as cultural diversity. Uh, and as an African-American woman, uh, you are and have been the first of many things in these leadership roles. Um, could you kind of just speak to that uh, a second? I would say one, uh, how um, you have uh, kind of felt in your roles and do you feel a sense of um, responsibility kind of being the first in that way? Um, and, uh, and do you feel like we've made progress? Oh gosh, all excellent questions. Um, I do feel a responsibility as an African-American woman um, to include and to serve as a role model to others. Um, they could, of course, not be African-American, but um, there are more students, and I'd say uh, more so uh, female students, who then will come um, and make an appointment with me saying, oh, this is, I'm curious how you came to where you are now and what advice uh, do you have? And I'm always willing to uh, speak to individuals, you know, no matter what uh, their gender or ethnicity. But um, when I sit in a concert hall, it doesn't matter if it's one of our halls or downtown with a Chicago Symphony Orchestra, it's obvious, you know, I'm one of the few African Americans who's in the audience. And so um, it is uh, a responsibility that I think that because of organizations like Sphinx um, and individuals in various arts institutions, including, say, our group of uh, Seven Springs, which is a group of top uh, music schools, every meeting that we have, we're then addressing uh, diversity, inclusion, how can we make a difference? How can we encourage students to then uh, see classical music jazz, um, which of course is also offered in, in our schools, as an option for uh, careers? Um, when I look at national um, symphony orchestras, I'd say we're making very few, very little progress. And so organizations, 
like New World Symphony or the Civic Orchestra of Chicago are really important and our universities and conservatories, our relationships with those training orchestras um, is very important. Um, in trying to open up doors, obviously things are so much better than you know the 1980s when I was in school and progress has been made. But um, I also then think of so many of the, our repertoire uh, by African-American composers that still um, are unknown and um, you know, yes, it's wonderful to see Florence Price and her symphonies, but I think of all the talented um, African-American musicians from, you know, really the 1800s who then have contributed to our repertoire and yet uh, their voices are still being unheard. So that sounds rather negative, but um, because I and um, other colleagues are really devoted and uh, to making sure that um, we are open and diverse. We're welcoming to all various um, individuals. We, we, as I think just as uh, every day, we have to continue to ensure that um, I'm not the last, um, you know, African-American dean. And um, hopefully um, that other people really do see, you know, it's difficult, I think, for many middle-class um, ethnic families to see music and especially classical music as an option. Um, success uh, to many means, you know, you're an attorney, uh, you're a physician. And so having musicians who just love um, the field and cannot imagine pursuing any other fields, that's what's really important. And just to uh, follow up on that, because unfortunately we're just about out of time, but what would you say to, you know, uh, that family in our community, um, in a, a community of color, um, who would say, why the arts? There are, uh, there are so many other things that are either significant or challenges, you know, to our community, to people of color, why the arts? Why are the arts so important? What would you say to them? Um, I think that today's and last week's and you know the future that we're facing just puts such an emphasis on uh, the importance of the arts. When I think of, you know, I look at my calendar and I haven't removed all those concerts that I had intended on uh, attending and just the loss that I feel, um, the fact that many people, I'm sure, you know, when I talk to them, they are turning to their CDs, to the plethora of um, videos that are live streamed or already uh, recorded. They're turning to literature and uh, even, you know, art museums then have uh, also streamed um, their collection. And so, I always say that in order to be an educated individual, um, you have to also have knowledge of, you don't have to obviously train specifically um, to be a professional musician or artist, but being an educated individual as part of today's world, the arts play really an integral uh, relationship. One thing that I will say, um, uh, plugging our school, um, and this is the first time that I've actually experienced this, is that um, 
actually it's half of our freshman class that we bring in into the Beenan School. They're also enrolled in a dual degree with one of the other uh, schools on campus, communication, uh, arts and sciences, engineering. And so I would say to answer your question, not only to you know, wax eloquently or try to do so with those parents, but to encourage them uh, that a university is the wonderful place where a student who has spent time you know, practicing and honing their skills to be accepted to a music school, but then also that they have um, another interest. And today I'm finding that students have multiple um, interests. And it's not that they're dilettantes, but um, somehow they are able then to balance the requirements of those two degrees and Success doesn't always mean being on the stage, um, as you and I know. Success also um, would be that individual who perhaps was majoring in violin and then also in finance. And if they choose to then pursue the finance aspect, we still have succeeded because they will then contribute to their communities. Um, they may continue performing, you know, in a local organization, but they will, because of their past experiences, will see the importance of the arts and say, we can't be an educated community without then uh, the significance and the presence of arts and arts in many forms. Tony Marie Montgomery, you truly are one of the great arts engines that is powering creativity in our society. Thank you so much for joining us and being here on the show. Thank you again, Erin. I really appreciate the invitation.